0: sit back and relax, but stay by your phone for a provocative conversation and audience participation on WJMO's Black Viewpoint. And now, here is your moderator, Ken Robinson. And today we're going to be talking about a subject that affects you and your family. We're going to be talking about alcoholism and how it affects black people. With me here in the Black Viewpoint Studios are Beverly Bell, Project Director of the Urban Minority Alcoholism Outreach Program, and Jerry Johnson, Executive Director of Orca House, a halfway home for alcoholics. Okay, let's start out with uh, Beverly Bell, your Project Director of the... uh, urban minority alcoholism outreach program could you tell me a little bit about that uh, program what do you do and how do you help the public
1: well the program was mandated by the state to serve uh... specifically the urban minority which in my case is a is the black community mainly the inner city Uh, the primary reason for the program is to bridge the gap between the service providers of the inner city and uh... the alcoholic we're trying to heighten the awareness of the service provider to the needs of the black alcoholic. We, uh, I do this mainly by um, educating, uh, setting up
0: training sessions for service providers. Now let's turn our attention to Jerry Johnson, your executive director of Orca House. What is Orca House? What do you do? Orca House is more
2: than just a halfway house. Okay. Uh, the Orca House is a multi-purpose alcoholism center. And what we attempt to do there is to fill the gap or to service the alcoholic no matter who they may be,
0: uh, male, female. Uh, what exactly is an alcoholic? How do we define an alcoholic? How do we spot an alcoholic? Well, an alcoholic is one that has allowed alcohol to control his life and uh, a way to spot an alcoholic, well, to give you some of the
1: uh, danger signals as such, would be uh, a person that needs a drink in the morning to wake up on, an eye-opener, as they say, Um, a person that is experiencing blackouts, a person that has changed his whole, psychic as far as alcoholism goes. It would change completely. They're not the same person. A person that, for instance, a woman, you know, who might suddenly start
0: beating her children or a man might suddenly start beating his wife. So those are just a few of many ways that you could tell that one is an alcoholic, unable to to control, uh, to hold a job. would be another way. So we're saying maybe uh, when alcohol begins to control or influence a person's lifestyle, a normal lifestyle, that uh, would be a good definition for alcoholism.
2: I I think uh, to add to that, I think uh, we have to be careful in in definition because it's so easy for people to make rationale and say, well, I don't drink in the morning, so therefore I don't have a problem. Mm I, I, I agree totally with what Ms. Bell said in that, in that uh, the alcoholic is a person who has, uh, has let alcohol interfere in the main functioning of his life. But it can be on a very minimum level, where the person allows uh, alcohol to interfere. Or, for example, uh, this one uh, situation where a man had to have a beer every morning before he went to work, and that one beer delayed his getting to work and making him late every morning for five, uh, about five to ten minutes. Uh, the up was the man was suspended from work. Well, the man only had two beers the whole day. Mm-hmm. But he was an alcoholic because of the fact he allowed alcohol to interfere in in the regular running of his life. But now there's alcoholism, which is an illness and which is a disease. It's a disease of the mind, it's a disease of the, uh, it's physical, it's mental, and it's also social or spiritual. Okay. So what an alcohol what alcoholism is, is really a devastating disease. And the person who has the alcohol, or is, uh, is in the stages of alcoholism, is a person who, after he drinks one drink, cannot tell you what's going to happen after that. Yes, he loses control. He, he may stop after one drink, or he may stop after alcohol
0: stops him. Is it indeed a, a physical need uh, a real physical need for the drug alcohol well like uh,
2: the best example I guess I could use to that would be uh, an automobile that gets used to using high octane gasoline and suddenly you try to to use the cheaper gas to save money and and you have some problems with it okay Mm -hmm. Uh, the human body is not much different. Once it gets, it gets used to the alcohol and the quantity of alcohol in its system, then there are certain such uh, systems that have to do some compens- do some compensating well when you take that away then it, it creates a problem and the easiest way to get back into a normal pattern again is to go back to drinking so yes it definitely affects the, the physical part Okay, uh, as far as the, the psychological part uh, alcohol is one of the few substances that, that uh, is digested directly through the stomach wall. All right, it goes right into the bloodstream, and the first center it hits is reasoning in the brain. Okay, so consequently, uh, once the alcoholic gets involved with the, the, the illness of alcoholism, the one drink changes his mind. Okay, uh, you can you can be anybody you want to be. Uh, after, and that's what the alcoholic—that's uh, involved in alcoholism—he fantasizes, and of course that's psychological. Then, of course, when any part of man is out of balance, then the the third part must go too. And if you you can call it spiritual, you can call it social, but the standards are the values, the belief systems. Uh, even though they're still there They create a tremendous conflict So
0: then you're back to psychological effects again Now would that include the type of person Who uh, maybe has a hard day on the job Was uh, shouted at by his boss And he goes home and has to have a drink To uh, calm down from the rest of the day Would that fall into that category too? Well not necessarily But uh, you know, I, I, I would probably
2: uh, To the word Has to have uh, I don't believe That is necessary. Um, I think though that, uh, well, one shot deal does not mean because the boss hollered today, okay, Mm -hmm. but for the alcoholic, the boss hollers every day, okay? (laughs) Uh, If there is a boss, okay? Mm -hmm. So he must have a drink. Uh, And and, and believe me, there are different types of alcoholics. You've got the The periodic you got the person that the binge drinker who can go for six months a year without touching anything but once he picks up a drink katie by the door because it might be a year or if death doesn't catch him first uh before he stops again and of course you've got that person
0: that drinks every day we're talking with Beverly Bell, Project Director of the Urban Minority Alcoholism Outreach Program, and Jerry Johnson, Executive Director of Orca House, a halfway house for alcoholics. There seems to be, in America, uh, and in the black community in particular, a high premium on drinking, being able to drink, being able to uh, participate in uh, drinking alcohol, whether it's in bars or, or clubs or whatever. Uh, it's a social social activity. And it usually centers around celebrations, uh, good times, that whole thing. We also see in the black community many billboards uh, displaying alcoholism, far more than what we see in the white community. What is this social aspect of alcohol, why does it have such widespread social acceptance if it is indeed such a danger? As a matter of fact, I was just reading some literature the other day put out uh, by the government that said that you go back to
2: priest slavery days, you'll find that in Africa uh, alcohol was used uh, as for celebrations but it was controlled celebrations and then you find where the English uh Africa and brought rum uh, then it became uh, a substance to be used to be bartered for to be bought sold and to be used as a method of our uh, uh, same as money mm-hmm. uh, slaves were purchased with okay this traveled right on with uh, the slave into this country from day one it has been used to uh, control it's been used to uh, to buy Uh, and it's still being used to control okay Uh, it's part of our heritage it's part of our uh, for the man to be able to drink, and that's really a problem. In trying to find uh, cures, or to to help the alcoholic uh, with not be not to be cured, but to help him to find relief from alcohol because he's got that in his mind that to be a man you got you've got to be able to use. Uh, Not all people use, we have a strong tendency to to either use or don't use, okay? But our communities certainly say with the billboards, with the easy accessibility of cheap wines, cheap, cheap spirits, it says that this should be part of your life. Um, in the slavery days, the master would allow the people uh, after the week's work uh, to here uh, enjoy yourself, uh, kill yourself, do whatever you want. <laughs> Just be at church on Sunday and be at work on Monday. Okay, so it was then a use. Uh, uh, after and during the Civil War, the same thing happened. Okay? So it's
1: it's it's inbred in our heritage. I would like to talk about the advertisement in the neighborhoods. I'm presently involved in a survey, and I've found that there is on the average of between four and six advertisements, this is billboard advertisement, per block in the black neighborhoods. That's quite a few. Yes, it is. I went down to one of the leading um, billboard advertising companies, And asked this question wanting to know uh, if you can do this for alcohol then of course you could also put something up that says alcohol will also kill you (laughs) and uh, they said the reason they had so many billboards in our areas was because the money was there Mm -hmm. when the money is no longer there then of course they won't put the billboards there and that was really saddening to find out that As someone has referred to, uh, one of the uh, companies, liquor companies, has referred to us as super consumers. Blacks are super consumers. And this is why the advertising is in our neighborhoods.
0: Maybe that would... uh come from maybe the lower economic uh, status that we have uh, more problems layoffs uh, we don't have any power don't have any power that's what it is we
1: do not have the power to say this is not going to go up in our neighborhoods Mm -hmm. if you drive into the the white suburban areas it's not going to be there Mm,
0: that's right
1: their their look at stores are in the shopping center Okay, and the bars are in the restaurants and the shopping centers are somewhere nearby. But our, our liquor stores and bars or carry-outs or whatever is... Located throughout the neighborhood right next door to your house. It doesn't matter We do not have the power to say no. It's not going to be done that way So it's not so much we don't have the power with the people to keep it out But there are
2: there is the pressure on the inside to keep it in right Okay. If you removed all the state stores from in the community you would probably have a tremendous amount of of protest against it And much of that is because of the fact that the black community still does not
0: know the the, the legitimate use of substance alcohol and other drugs. We're talking with Beverly Bell, Project Director of the Urban Minority Alcoholism Outreach Program, and Jerry Johnson, Executive Director of Orca House, a halfway house for alcoholics. Let's go to the phone lines now on Black Viewpoints. Hello, you are on the air. Go right ahead. Please. I'd like to ask a question. uh in my family,
3: alcohol kill everyone, and I never touched alcohol, whatever. Now, I was in prison one time, and the people go to prison, alcoholics and everything, AA program and everything, they stay away from it for years. Uh, supervision there. And they are practically cured. But when they come out, it seems that there is no cure. There are me alcoholics, I mean, uh, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic talking my AA program. I never drank. But I'd like to know, is there a... a is it a treatment cure for it? I know it's a mental, uh, a mental disease, and it is a disease. So
0: it's a little liver and everything, that it kill my whole family. So I'll hang up and listen. Okay, that's a very good uh, question, thanks for calling. Well... Uh,
2: there, I don't believe that there's a cure. Uh, I sort of equate it to the same as diabetes. Uh, the only the difference with the alcoholic is that his the way to arrest his problem is to not drink. Uh, you mentioned the prisons. Uh, of course, there, there are those that also say that you can get anything you want in prison, and we know that to be a fact, and again, that's a control factor. But there again is the psychological part of this disease called alcoholism that will allow a person to be incarcerated and not use but the minute he is released one of the first things that happens is he gets involved with one more drink and it's the one more drink that chases him right back into prison so it's and in most cases the person doesn't recognize really that alcohol is that is is the culprit and that the first drink is what's getting it not the not, the, not the, the first drink changes the mind and of course the second drink reinforces the idea and the third drink says oh well the heck was it uh, Let's let's go ahead and do it this time, and we'll get it, uh, do something different tomorrow. But uh, I don't believe that there's a cure. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. The same with a cucumber. You drop a cucumber in some brine,
1: you wind up with a pickle. And I have yet to see anybody take a pickle and make a cucumber out of it. (laughs) Another way to answer that uh, prison situation, an individual is in prison, and although he cannot have the alcohol right then, he is practicing to drink. He's thinking as soon as I get out, you know, I'm going to have that first drink. Building it up it in his he's mind. He's practicing to drink, yes, although he's without it. So this is why he gets out, he gets a drink, and he's right. He's involved with alcohol again.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so I guess there's no cure for alcoholism. The best thing to do is just to leave it alone. Total last <laughs> if you're an alcoholic. <laughs> okay, let's go back to the phone lines now on Black Viewpoint.
4: I want to make my point. My, I want to ask a question. Shoot. Okay, I want to ask why you always say uh, black people, alcoholism,
0: is it, is it through
5: white people too? You always say black people.
0: Oh, yeah. We're, we're looking at blacks and alcoholism. Tell are blacks, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is that it? <laughs> yeah,
4: that, that's my question
0: I want to say. Okay, thanks
2: for calling. But what she's saying, though, I think is important in this respect. Uh, blacks in many cases don't believe that it's a disease for black folks of black folks Mm -hmm. Uh, many of us you know we see the wine on on the street Uh, as a matter of fact coming up kind of Wade Park just a few minutes ago we had a, a drunk in front of us I mean he was totally out of it now if you call him an alcoholic he'll tell you no I'm crazy I'm a drunk I'm this but I'm not an alcoholic Okay. Uh, you see a show on, on TV uh, that's, that's talking about alcoholism, and you'll find people who will say, yeah, but that's for them. <laughs> Black folks just haven't come to the idea and recognize the fact that alcoholism affects all people the same way. And in our case, it's even, it's even greater. Curious as to know why.
0: Why it's greater? Oh, no, why uh, blacks uh, fail to realize that uh, alcoholism is up? A-
2: because it's always been part of our life. Since day one, Friday, Saturday, our days of celebration and alcohol is a big part of it. Hmm. We have to have it to celebrate. We have to have it. If we're sick, we have to have it. If we're well, we have to have it. If we're happy, we have to have it. If we're sad, it's a cure-all for everything. Hmm. When it started way back where we got the hot toddy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then of course we watched every Friday when the, everything started. As soon as dad got off, or in some cases as soon as mom got off, or when Friday hit, the liquor started rolling, and it was party time. Okay. and again we feel in many cases that alcohol is a necessary uh, ingredient in our life and that's a fa-
0: That's a fallacy. And hello you are on the air. Go right ahead please.
6: I'd like to make two comments um, number one I remember reading a book by Roger Williams called Free and Unequal and in this book he stated that a person had parents or grandparents that were affected with alcoholism and they married someone who their grandparents or parents were affected with alcoholism, it's a possibility that it could be heredity and passed on to the children. Also, um, I have a tendency to disagree with what was said about people in prison practicing the thought of drinking when they get out. I think like this, I work in a position where I am supposed to secure jobs for people. I know a lot of people that come out of prison, and when they come out, their hopes are very high about getting work, and they don't get it. I think the black man or any man in prison is more or less taken care of because he doesn't have to concern himself with getting a job or feeding himself or feeding his family. But when he gets out of prison, he has social, economic, political, physical, spiritual, any kind of problems you want to have, put on him. And that's a heavy burden for anyone to bear. I don't drink or smoke or take drugs to do any of those things, but I have compassion for people who do because i worked in a system and i could seen how this system can devastate a man and a strong man and a weak man is in very bad trouble out here in this world today, especially a weak black man because some of us have little compassion. We have uh, become book-oriented Anything that's a theory, anything that the government writes becomes truth in our eyesight, and we can't, uh, we can't differentiate between reality anymore. That's all
0: I have to say. Thank you. Okay, that's a very good comment, and we're going to respond right after I remind our listeners that they're listening to WJMO, Cleveland Heights, Ohio. I'm Ken Robinson with Beverly Bell, Project Director of the uh, Urban Minority Alcoholism Outreach Program, and Jerry Johnson, Executive Director of Orca House, a halfway house for alcoholics. What do you think about the uh, last caller's comment?
2: Well, I'd like to dispel one thing. I have probably been trained by the best uh educators in alcoholism i have worked with the alcoholic for pretty close to 10 years and that's sort of academic when you put that couple that with i am a former abuser an alcoholic myself i know some things about what happens (laughs) while you're in jail and what happens when you get out and i also have the testimony of hundreds of people who have gone through greater uh, situations uh, horrendous situations and they tell me some things that uh, i didn't experience myself but i can certainly identify with Okay, so it's not something that uh, that I'm just going with theory. Uh, much of what I'm talking about, I, I can't document, so therefore I have to uh, not call it fact, fact, but it's out of experience. Most of what I go with is out of experience, even though I have been trained properly. Mm-hmm. What about the issue of uh, alcoholism possibly being hereditary? Uh, I think there's a definite uh, factor there, because uh, in some cases they actually uh, have found that uh, an uncle, uh two generations removed and a kid living today looks just like the uncle acts just like the uncle and is on his way to dying just like the uncle (laughs) of cirrhosis of the liver so there's a great chance my father was an alcoholic Uh, i say that now he's dead uh, but I believe that, uh, well, I won't say that he was, but I will say that everybody tells me I'm just like my father. And,
0: of course, I'm a recovering alcoholic today. Okay, And, of course, uh, social pressures would have a lot to do with alcoholism. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, and, uh, Jerry, you mentioned uh, that you are a former alcoholic or alcoholic. you have a story you'd like to tell about that? How did it happen? <laughs> <laughs>
2: God only knows how it happened. I, certainly didn't set out to be uh and i I, again i'd like to say that once an alcoholic in my my opinion once an alcoholic always an alcoholic as i am not recovered i'm in i'm in the stages of recovery okay uh the other part of it is is that i'll always be an alcoholic okay but my story is is probably much like most uh the style the story the, it goes uh in in, in some circles that 95 percent of all alcoholic stories are basically the same the only five percent difference is who they were born to their age and this type of thing we all caught hell we all were in the gutter uh regardless of whether it was on park avenue or a park bench it's all the same thing the fantasies we lose we lost ourselves somewhere uh, on the road to, to manhood, uh, our growth was stunted. We went to bed one day at age 17, 18, 20, and we woke up 50. And and, and we lost all those years due, the, due to the use and abuse of alcohol and, and fantasies. Uh, not dreams, but fantasies, wild fantasies were a tremendous part of it. Uh, we allowed uh, uh, pressures, societal pressures, to... We use those as rationales for our drinking and our plight, but once you recover, you recognize the fact that there, were, there was only one factor involved, and that factor was that you had lost yourself, and, and in your chase and trying to find yourself, alcohol seemed to be the only friend that you had. It would do and allow you to do those things that you really wanted to do. Uh, you really didn't want to do,
0: but it allowed you to get away from so many things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, Uh, if you're getting a a ringing signal and you're dialing the program, just let it ring, okay, because uh, we'll get to you. If you're on hold, stand by, that means you're coming up next on Black Viewpoint. Who is the black alcoholic? Where does he come from? Is he upper class, lower class, young, poor? The uh, black
1: alcoholic is young, old, upper class, middle Mm -hmm. class, lower class. The black alcoholic is a teacher, a nurse, a doctor, a skid row bum, a postman, housewife, a lawyer, a judge, you name it, the black alcoholic is that. There's no such thing as a black alcoholic is the skid row bum, because in reality, there's very few skid row bums black alcoholics there's not as many as you would think there is there the majority of them would be in the classes that I named holding the positions that I named
0: cross cross every uh,
1: aspect of life and the, 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 the
2: bad and the sad part is that it seems to be the more fluent we are the the more denial there the heavier the denial Okay, uh, the middle class, upper middle class black that has the problem of alcohol normally has to really go uh, and, and go through some tremendous train changes before he recognizes because nobody's about to tell that person that's a high on the ladder that he has a problem. Okay, so people will cover and compensate and really it's a disease of the family. One person uh, in the family has the disease of the illness of alcohol, then the whole family catches the disease Okay, so consequently you wind up with a sick family. It's said that when one alcoholic sobers up 40 people sober up with him. Okay, that's the devastation. That's the impact and it's the kid in, in school now. Okay? You're talking about eight, nine, ten-year-old kids now involved in substance abuse, alcohol. You're talking about the teenagers. Your high school's full of substance abusers, and the primary, again, is alcohol, cheap wines, whatever they can get. And where do they get it from? At home. Mm-hmm. Who supplies the resources for it? The parents. Okay. So it's uh, the devastation of it is, and, and, and yes, it's, it,
0: it knows no boundaries. But the denial is what's killing many, many blacks. We're talking with Beverly Bell, Project Director of the Urban Minority Alcoholism Outreach Program, and Jerry Johnson, Executive Director of Orca House, a halfway house for alcoholics. Hello, you're on Black Viewpoints. Go right ahead, please.
4: Yes, I just want to give some support to Jerry Johnson, who I loved and met about eight years ago. I'm not an alcoholic. Never had an alcoholic in my family. But when I met Jerry Johnson at VA Hospital in a meeting, I opened up my home and I was more than happy to show that I love people and anybody wants to get the joy out of knowing what it is to share love, I ask them to please open up their home and take an alcoholic who would rather be any place else but in a home where there's no alcohol. But if you have that compassion, you can. And Jerry, I love you and everything you say is true. God bless you
2: it's terrific.
0: And a speedy recovery to you, too, dear. Very, That's terrific. Very nice call. Yes, great. Question or comment on the whole topic of blacks and alcoholism, give us a call. Back to the phone lines now. Hello, you're on the air. Okay. Go right ahead, please.
6: And uh, I love everything
4: you're doing there. I think it's real good, really. I I think it's nice, and keep on going with the good work. I think you're helping everybody, all the alcoholics. And uh, maybe we have young children, and uh, maybe old people. I don't know. But anyway, good. Thank you for for listening to me, okay?
0: Have you been involved uh, with the Orca House in any way, or...? Me? Have you been involved with Orca House in any way?
4: No, I haven't. Uh huh. But I'm I'm just listening to the radio and I I think I hear all everything that they're saying about everything. I'm not an alcoholic, but uh, I'm I'm a nurse. I work you know at, at Cleveland Clinic Hospital, and I think it's real good. You know
5: what you're doing, but to help everybody.
0: Thank you very much. Appreciate the comment. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Hello, you're on Black Viewpoint. Go right ahead, please. Yes, I would
5: like to compliment you on your very fine show. I didn't intend to call in because I have a terrible cold, but I just had to. I have two comments and a question. I'll give the comments first.
0: Okay, Um, we'll we'll take them one at a time, so we'll have a...
5: Okay. Okay. I'm a teacher, and uh I've had a chance to observe the fetal alcohol syndrome in some of the kindergarten children and this results because the mother drinks while she's pregnant. And the child arrives at school looking as if he's intoxicated, and he usually is mentally slow in school. I think that mothers should think very, very, very hard. Mothers-to-be should be thinking about what they're doing to our future generation. Point number two.
0: Okay. Okay. So, you know, hold on just a second. Let's 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 take that one. That's a good point, though. Okay. Half okay. syndrome. Let's see if uh. That's
5: yeah. the child who's born with uh, all kinds of problems.
0: Okay. Jerry has something to say about that.
5: Okay.
2: You're you're absolutely right. Uh-huh. Uh, when the mother takes a drink, the child takes a drink. For a long time, they thought that there was not uh, there was a barrier that stops that that flow, but then now they find that certainly that when the mother takes a drink the child takes a drink many of our children come into this world that have to be detoxified either off of drugs or alcohol so all mothers that are are in in any stage of pregnancy should in my opinion refrain from from any of that abuse uh, and the effects of uh, alcohol the fetal alcohol syndrome It does create some retardation. There's some deformity. Uh, You can normally see a child and spot a child that has uh, been involved with the or is uh, affected by the alcohol, fetal alcohol syndrome, Uh, mongoloid children, and and the kids that are alcohol affected. uh, Bear some resemblance, strong resemblance. And in most cases, the they are slow.
5: Okay, the second point, a uh, comment that I'd like to make is a strong relationship between alcoholism and depression. Most people think that when they take a drink that they're going to be happier, and actually alcohol is a depressant, and uh, it can... It, there are a number of suicides connected with people who drink and, and they drink to feel better but actually if you're drinking you're really harming yourself more because unless you can get some go and talk with someone or join AA or get involved with the group a, a positive group to help you control yourself. I agree. I don't think there's any uh, cure. I, my father was one of twelve, and I guess uh, at least half of, of the relatives had some problems with alcohol. <clears throat> and I have I'm one of four children, and I have one brother and one sister who drink. In fact, I didn't realize how potent alcohol was until my I was riding with my sister one day, and she wanted to go someplace and get a drink. And uh, I couldn't help her in any way, and that comes to my question. She was determined to get that drink, and I think unless you make up your mind inside that you're going to reform and not take a drink at all, that you're in a lot of trouble. Because she uh, almost fought me. And uh, when she got to my home on the... Refrigerator door, I had some kind of vinegar that, you know, had some, it was aged vinegar, which I used for cooking. She drank that.
0: That's really tragic. So
5: how can you help a person to realize that he is an alcoholic and get help? Is there anything that you can do? How do you confront him?
1: First of all, you never tell a person that they are an alcoholic. Uh, right, I agree. Okay, what you can do in that case is get some help for yourself by uh, calling Al-Anon, being involved with Al-Anon, and that way you learn to deal with the alcoholic. But there's no such thing as, uh, the well, confrontation works in that, as far as intervention, you uh, could tell the uh, other person uh what it's doing to you for instance you are drink. you have a drinking problem not the word you are an alcoholic Mm -hmm. I feel you have a drinking problem it is doing this to me it is doing this to to your other sister you can go on down the line and let everyone confront this alcoholic with what uh they are doing to the rest of the family and then perhaps uh let them know that uh, where the the place is for them to get help.
5: Right, and lastly, I agree with the lady who said that alcoholism crosses all professions because my sister's a nurse, my brother is a psychiatrist, and uh, I've had a chance to observe people, teachers. It's just a problem for us, and. Um, You know, until we deal with it, and I hope you have another program on it. I think it's
0: excellent. Okay, I want to thank you for calling.
5: Certainly.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The last caller did mention a very interesting uh, thing, and we have another caller on the line, too, so please hold on if you're on hold. And if you'd like to call in, dial 795-1212. We have a few lines open. But the last caller mentioned that alcohol is a depressant, and uh, that's very, uh, very true. Why do we... uh... Why is it, I guess I'm fascinated with this, how, why it is associated with good times. You think of being up during good times, but people drink alcohol to bring them down. And when people are depressed, they drink alcohol to bring them down even further. The low threshold pain,
2: okay. Uh, you take the water out of alcohol and you've got ether, okay. Mm-hmm. If it affects the brain, if it's, if the brain is one of the first places that alcohol affects, then what does it do? It changes your mind. If you are down, it can make you, uh, if you're depressed, it can send you into deeper depression. If you're not, uh, it can give you a lift. Okay. But nevertheless, uh, it's still a depression, and it's still going to take something away from you. Alcohol is the only substance that that I know that it gives you absolutely nothing and takes everything from from you. Check your bank account next time, <laughs> and, and the cost of liquor. Uh, or check the cost of liquor and take it and, 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 and remove that from your from what your expenditures are, and you'll find that it's taking everything from you. It removes. It removes food from the table. It removes families from the home. It removes homes. It removes uh, the children from the family. Okay. It removes health. Okay. But alcohol is, and everybody thinks, yeah, I got high. But in many cases, they say, But I don't remember a thing that I did. I must have had a good time because I don't remember nothing. What did I do last night? And then someone else has to tell you exactly what you had made of yourself the night before, okay? And when they start talking about you stood on the piano or you almost hit five cars or you lost your car, okay? That's always a good one. You lose your car. Right. It's sitting there, but you just can't find it. Uh, and there's blackouts associated with it. The fun that's involved, uh, no, I, 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 I certainly agree that it's a depressant. And people who are in depression uh, certainly need the professional help, and, and
0: alcohol is not the help. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Black Viewpoint on Famous 1490 WJMO. We're talking with Beverly Bell, Project Director of the Urban Minority Alcoholism Outreach Program, and Jerry Johnson, Director, Executive Director of the Orca House, a halfway house for alcoholics. Hello, you are on the air. Go right ahead, please. I'd
6: like to ask three questions, and then I'll be quiet so someone could answer them for me.
0: Okay, Okay. we'll take them one at a time. If a person
6: is affected with alcoholism, until they make up their mind that they want to do something about that you can't force them by, you know, even a judge or even a member of the family asking them that uh, would they get treatment. And number two, how is there help for a family if the father is an alcoholic, the mother is not going to go to Al-Anon what hope is there for the children involved? And number okay, two, let's hold it, Hold, let's, hold it, let, Ma'am? Ma'am? Let's, yes, I'm sorry.
0: Okay, let's hold it right there. Let them answer that question. That's a very important question.
2: Now, well, okay. Certainly, no, you can't help anyone with a problem unless that person gives you the, the, the consent to be helped. But in the same sense, I would not like for, for it to get into the community that you should not do anything. Uh, you can lead a horse to water, you can't make him drink, but if you get lead in there often enough, he's going to get thirsty enough and he's finally going to drink. hopefully he'll drink the The alternative and the options have to be there. somebody has to give those options, so therefore, I always say uh let's not put the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. let's put the ambulance right at the top and if he does jump, then he at least knows that there is help available uh that's the whole that's that's, that's the whole key. Okay, your uh,
0: third question?
6: Well, isn't it very, very difficult, though, for a person who is affected with alcoholism to make up their mind? Or, you know, as the lady said, you have to be strong within yourself. But suppose, I don't know how to say it because I don't drink, but... I can feel for other people, you know, I, I think it's easy for people to say that you can make up your mind to do this and make up your mind to do that. It sort of resorts back to a song by Gil Scott Heron when he's talking about people say get off that dope, get off that dope, get off that dope, but it's, it's easy to say but not easy to do. What about the person with alcohol? Isn't that easier to say than it is to do? You know, they have to make up their mind to stop using it.
2: Well, again, it's the same story. Uh, it is easier to say than it is to do. Uh, I think everybody has some something that they're addicted to. It may be some women are, are workaholics, or men are workaholics, and they'll empty the same ashtray 15 times and nobody smokes. But nevertheless, it's hard for them not to, 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 to stop emptying ashtrays or cleaning ashtrays. Uh, But in the same sense, I think that uh, we have to be, uh, we have to apply tough love in allowing people their choice but yet tell them at the same time i don't appreciate it i don't like it what you're doing is you're destroying yourself and you're destroying a little bit of me uh you're not just hurting yourself you're hurting more than your yourself you're hurting me because i'm looking at you and and so therefore uh yes it is easier to say than it is for a person to stop but The thing I think I'd like for you to understand, too, is that very few alcoholics have stopped on their own. Very few people have this boy been walking down the street one day and says, oh, I think I'll stop drinking. If he's an alcoholic, nine times out of 10, there's been some pressure applied somewhere to force that individual into, into, into treatment. Now, what happens is that many people fear getting off the alcohol because alcohol has become their best friend. They don't wanna lose their best friend. The thing that helps them the most when they're in the deepest trouble, they feel is alcohol. They feel that if they give it up, then they'll be friendless, they'll be lonely. I suggest that try to get people who have had that experience of going through the earliest stages of recovery, they can share with them and tell them what's going to happen to them and with them. And the thing that happens with them if they give their consent is they become a whole person in time. And they find that they're among more friends than they've ever had in their life people who really care. All
6: right, let me ask you this back again. What about the children of the person who is an alcoholic if the wife doesn't want to,
1: uh,
6: you know, consult Al-Anon or anything? How does this affect the child or the children in the
1: family? Well, if the wife does not want to um, get involved with Al-Anon, there's Alateen. Or children that are uh, family members of an alcoholic, such their mother might be an alcoholic, the father, brother, or any other family member. The uh, child can then go to Alateen and, uh, again, find ways to deal with, understand the alcoholic. The alcoholic is sick and needs to be understood. So Al- Alateen helps the child do that.
6: Well, I know you said it's a sickness that affects everyone in the family, but I guess I'm not explaining. Okay, if the, if the, if the wife is not going to permit the child to be involved in anything, uh, Alateen or any of those things, because she's laboring under the illusion that maybe the husband is going to stop drinking and the children don't know that he is affected with alcoholism. Maybe that's what I should have explained. Excuse me.
2: Okay, here's what we're attempting to do now. And and this is is, uh, being done uh, at the regional council level, which is the governing body for most of the state funding, and it's being done by Beverly Bell's project. We're trying to get into the Cleveland school system. And we're trying to get the, the the hierarchy to understand the devastating effect effect that alcohol is having on our children. And we really want to have the, the the teachers knowledgeable about the effects of alcoholism and how to identify the child who's having. Uh, problems directly or indirectly and we also would like to see some form of counseling situation set up in the school system where the the, the child can go to the counselor within the school and say hey I've got a problem which brings up something else that that, uh, many blacks haven't been involved in which is the Teenage Institute we're also trying to get some kids involved in the statewide teenage institute so that they can come back into their school systems and help others that are afflicted with the illness of alcoholism. So the child, and of course the other part of it is that neighbors don't know anything about the the alcohol. Neighbors won't report families that that, that are abusing their children because of alcohol. The ministers today, uh, they're not in the neighborhoods as they were at one time in life. Uh, I'm not saying, I'm not criticizing the ministry, but I think if they had a greater understanding of it, the parent would, one of the parents or the grandparents or the aunts may have gotten a minister involved that could see that the child was getting some sort of help. And if it took court action to get some sort of recognition of the problem, then that's what it should be. But that's the area and that's the way we're trying to go with that now. We know the devastating effect. And believe me that... It has a traumatic ex- uh, effect on the children, and many times you'll find one child will become a super child, and the other child will become uh, withdrawn uh, and to the point where he'll really need uh, psych- psychiatric
0: help uh, if it's not uh, uh, dealt with. The name of the show is Black Viewpoints, where we're talking about blacks and alcoholism, and you are on the air at 795-1212. Go ahead, please.
5: Okay. I have a question. I have a brother who is older than I am. And um, he has a problem with drinking. Every time he gets depressed or upset about something, he starts drinking. And I tell him he shouldn't drink. And he seemed to think this is the only thing that helps him. And then he, when you talk to him, he gets all upset and he start to crying. I mean, it's really depressing. I mean, cause I have to go to the doctor a lot of times for nerves. And I just wondered is there any kind of way or anything that I could do to
1: help him. Uh, confront him. Let him know what he is doing to you. Let him know that you feel he has a problem with alcohol. Let him know that you feel he needs help. And then uh, you yourself can go to Al-Anon and uh, get the strength that you need from uh, that group to deal with uh,
0: your brother. Okay, thank you for calling. 795-1212 is the number to call on Black Viewpoint. You're on the air.
4: Yes, i just like to tell Jerry that... I criticize ministers, and he certainly is welcome to do it because it's partly their fault also, and they're not helping us. But I'd like to give some enlightenment on some of the lay people, and I am a lay person because I did have people in my home. But what Jerry was saying, if you let them know that you care and keep taking them to the water, one day they're going to get thirsty and they're going to drink. And until we show tender, loving care to the ones that we want to help, they're not going to get any help, and we must stick by them and go with them.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much for calling. Love those calls, I tell you. Well, we have about a half hour to go on Black Viewpoint. We're talking with Jerry Johnson, executive director of Orca House, a halfway house for alcoholics, and Beverly Bell, project director of the Urban Minority Alcoholism Outreach Program let's get some stats on uh, blacks and alcoholism how many black alcoholics are there in the US we don't know because there's never been any studies okay it's just that simple
2: we haven't been important enough to 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 now I'm sure that if we really want to know how many drinkers we had uh, we can call singer seagrams or uh, uh, any of the scotch companies okay And they could tell us how many uh, drinkers we have. But we do know that uh, 10% of the people, 10% of the black drinkers, drink up seventy percent of the alcohol. Okay. So we're talking about ten percent of at least a minimum of ten percent of our population is in the are in the stages of alcoholism. Uh, the beginning are late stages, chronic stages of alcohol.
0: Seventy percent of the alcohol com- so consumed by blacks. Right. Okay. okay that's still quite a quite a racial okay
2: now you the, the other part of it is is that uh, in writing our budgets we pulled together some statistics. Okay, now I think it's important that we look at three different areas. There is the the problem drinker, there is the person who has the drinking problem, and then there's the alcoholic. Okay? Now if I can get this straight and help me, if you can, if I get into trouble, if I get into trouble. <laughs> okay, get into I'll, trouble I'll pull you out. <laughs> okay, there's a person that has a drinking problem doesn't know it. Now, he may be single, it's a little small profile. They may be single, he may stop at the bar every day on the way from work, and he sits and drinks. Okay, but in the same sense, he feels he doesn't have a problem, but yet most of his day is consumed in thoughts of alcohol and when he gets off and getting back to the bar and drinking. And then you have got the first person that's the problem drinker. Now this person is creating havoc in his home. He is denying the family happiness. The kids won't bring anybody home anymore because this this, this problem drinker may be anything, any type of monster, and on any particular day. Then you have the alcoholic who is uh, couldn't be any one of those. Uh, the other two plus okay only in the case of the alcoholic if he's drinking he is predictable if he is a sleeping drunk he's going to be sleep certain time of day you can almost predict that he's he's, he's sleep and at a certain time of day you can almost predict that he's going to wake up and he's going to start drinking again okay so we're thinking in terms of 23 percent of that population is being in one of those categories with 10 percent of them being in various stages of alcoholism now there's another tragedy and that's the justice system they're telling me and I don't again these are statistics that I can't really verify but they're telling me that about 64% of all non-traffic offenses in the justice system right now are blacks and they're saying that 40% of those blacks have either an alcohol or drug related problem and their crimes are either alcohol or drug related Okay. So now you're talking about another large number of people, okay, and they may be, again, part of that 23%. Now you've got another population of people outside of this community, but you can almost say that those people that live outside in the the suburbs most came from the inner city and their habits haven't changed their economic status has changed but their habits haven't and many of those same people you'll find back into the inner city on fridays and saturdays to do their party other gambling or whatever the, the, the situation may call for so you can say that if there's three hundred thousand people in that are black then there are also twenty three percent of those people that are having experiencing some problem with alcohol at any rate their their
1: families are being deprived and they're being deprived of resources because of I'd like to mention the fact that there are something like one-third of the high school population is involved in drinking so that's one-third of the young people in the 10th through 12th grade in the inner city is involved in drinking I'm not saying that they're alcoholics I'm saying that they are involved to what degree it hasn't been noted, but we did get these figures that there is one-third of the teenagers in the inner city involved
0: in drinking, and we've got to put a stop to that. That is definitely a high... uh a high percentage. I know there have been all kinds of reports on uh, TV and radio about uh, teenage alcoholism nationwide. I guess that's reflected in those statistics. Statist- uh, wow, well, statistics. But that's not the sad part. The sad part is that that's that's only
2: from 10, 10 through 12. hmm yes. Okay? There are some other grades there below that
0: that are also involved in the same sort of thing. We're talking to Beverly Bell, Project Director of the Urban Minority Alcoholism Outreach Program, and Jerry Johnson, Executive Director of or- House, a halfway house for alcoholics and there are a few phone lines open we're going to go back to the phones yes I would just like to
3: say I have stopped drinking alcohol and the way I stopped was by the, by people caring and you know situations where people did care about your drinking and people that I was drinking with and the fact that it was taking on me so I stopped and now you feel a lot better huh yeah, you know, and now it's, uh, you know, I, I completely stopped and uh, I'm doing an article on it. I'm, I'm doing an article and I'm going to get this article written up and try to help others. And through the guidance that high school students are getting involved with, I think they should open up programs towards that. Was it hard for you to stop? Yes, it was hard for me to stop. It was hard for me to stop. By the you know, by losing friends, you, you' you'd be losing friends. you, you n- nobody would would you know come around and in certain situations you, you you'd be uh, drunk and and all of us you know and and I just come you know complete, I just stopped, you know, by people you know, caring and you know, you know, family they they cared and all and i, I just I just stopped and. Hey, that was, that was like it, and now I'm writing an article, and I want to I'm try, I'm, once I finish it, I'm going to, you know, get it out, and probably to the schools, and by, you, you know, just saying that, that's sort of what made me call, you know, because, you know, high school students are involved
0: in, in drinking, and it can, it can go, go farther than that. Okay, we want to thank you uh, for calling, and we want to uh, wish you the best of luck
3: all right thank you
0: -hmm. i think it's important
2: too to, to remember that for the alcoholic he the alcoholic or she stops a thousand times the problem is staying stopped and the stages of recovery are slow and uh, some philosophies they use the one day at a time approach or the one hour at a time or one minute at a time it's always an inch, it's a cinch by the yard, it's hard and too often people get, re- get, in- get recovered real quick and find themselves recovering uh, every other month or every other week uh, the, there are programs designed for long term recovery and those programs are very positive and they're very necessary if the alcoholic wants to recover because again, one of the things that the alcoholic has done all his life, in most cases, is to fantasize. And he has to find himself. He has to be re-identified. And the only way to do
0: that is through the help, uh, with the help of other people. Back to the phone lines now on Black Viewpoint. You can call in, too, at 795-1212. Hello, you're on the air, go right ahead, please. I
6: would like them to explain to me, how do they deal with a person who is affected with alcoholism and is also using drugs?
2: Well, it's a a sticky wicket as they say. Uh, There there really is no such thing anymore as a pure alcoholic. Most people that come to us today are dually addicted or poly uh, users. However, if there is uh, hard drugs involved, and by hard drugs I'm talking about the heroines and that type of drug, If we're talking about that drug, then it's very difficult for alcoholism programs to help that person with the drug problem. However, if alcohol is primary, then if we can get the person to give us our consent, then he can recover, or she can recover. Uh, But it's very difficult. Uh, Poly uh, drug users are the hardest to work with.
6: Is there a way that a person can tell if alcohol is primary? Say if a person is drinking a lot, if it has alcoholism and they smoke marijuana and they drink cough syrup, is there a way that, well, you as a professional person, could you tell which is the primary thing?
2: In that
0: case, I would say alcohol is.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for calling. Boy, hello, you're on the air. Go right ahead, please. Oh, listen, like, I was calling in because, like, um, I attended an alcoholism uh, convention about five years ago, and I've been noticing
2: a... a switch from high for high school students um they're kind of getting back to uh, alcoholism a lot and i was wondering like um is your program uh, dealing on a large scale with uh alcoholism in the high school level
1: well not a large scale mm-hmm. first of all we had to gain entry to the high schools oh, there were some problems uh with the hierarchy in getting involved mm-hmm. but now that we're in we are in the high schools what we need now is just an invitation to come out uh and speak that's about all we can do right now uh get involved in uh prevention through speaking to high school students okay. uh i was out looking for some high school students to join in the teen institute oh, that will be in in july but uh it seems as though everyone's working and no one can take that week off oh
2: well i really hope that you're successful in um, recruiting a few of uh, high school students you know for
1: the program because i think it's something that uh, everybody can use these days unfortunately so I wish you the late program. for this year. But uh, next year we intend to have a lot more blacks because I understand that last year's teen institute had uh, something like one percent black.
2: Oh really? Wow. Let's see. like we do need to get with it on that because um it's it's a big problem you know with our community as well as um others you know and I think that it would really help out a lot you know I hope that you all can recruit some people you know.
1: How about you? Oh sure,
2: I'd
0: be glad to give find me a call. <laughs> give me a
1: ring. We can work with something.
0: All righty, fine. I'll do that. Real good. Okay. Uh-huh. Hello. You're on the air.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, I would just like
6: to say that I'm a. I'll say I'm a former alcoholic, and like to say, uh, they say you take it one day at a time. But uh, I haven't drank in five years, and I was an alcoholic. I tried to tell myself that I wasn't, but uh, I was, and so I went to Alcoholic Anonymous and uh i don't know it seemed that uh i don't know look like everybody around me had a lot of problems and to help you but it's a prop to lean on and maybe i'm taking a naive approach, but i just prayed to the lord to help me and and give me the willpower and so i just said i wasn't gonna drink anymore because it was breaking up my home my family and everything and i just prayed and decided i wasn't gonna drink and thank God that I haven't had a drink in five years and I don't have no desire to. And I would just like to talk to somebody that does have the alcoholic problem and is willing to try to stop. Okay. And thank you.
0: Thank you for calling. Do you, either of you accept volunteers at your organizations? Oh, we're always looking at, looking for people who
2: uh, want to wanna get involved. Uh, uh, again, there are many, many people who have stopped drinking on their own. Uh, they just one day they did decide that there were too many problems involved, and someone said suggested that they they had an alcohol problem. Uh, there are those who do drop out of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous and are successful at not drinking. But I often wonder, though, uh what the quality of life is uh, without uh, the supports. Uh, Again, I think uh, returning to church, returning to God, are very essential regardless of what program you use. The standard has to be there. Uh, And... I don't think there's any anything greater than the spiritual attitude, the change in spiritual attitude.
0: Okay, 795-1212 is the number to call on Black Viewpoint. We have about 10 more minutes remaining with Beverly Bell and Jerry Johnson, so I would advise you to dial very fast and we'll try to cram in your call at 795-1212. Wow. Hello, you are on the air. Go right ahead, please. Thank you. In regards to the alcohol problem, mm-hmm. I feel with that you have to have uh, more or less
5: the ability to uh, make up your mind and accept the fact that you are in this condition. Therefore, that you can more or less help yourself in a sense without any help from any organizations. But they, but it's difficult for, for most people to uh, acknowledge the fact that they have this problem. But if your family is willing to give you a supporting hand and, and you able to sit and listen to them, you can see where you. Pulling yourself down is not necessary
0: to become involved in any program. You still can drop the habit of drinking. That's what I've done. Okay. Well, Jerry agrees with you, I guess. He just talked about that a couple of seconds ago. I want to thank you for calling on Black Viewpoint. What type of programs do we need to uh, kind of curb the uh, alcoholism problem? Among blacks, well, definitely uh, the funds are. We we've always operated on on a a
2: shoestring, but uh, again, we we've been dedicated, and so therefore our needs have always been met. Uh, I think we'll always survive. Uh, So we're definitely always looking for new ways to impact the community. We've always been quiet about our services, too. It's just in the past year that we have sort of gotten involved with uh, going to the outside and saying, hey, here we are on 89th Street. There are many people that pass our place every day that need our services. Okay. Uh, Well, we couldn't because we were understaffed. There's no need of us going into the community and say, y'all come and find out that that there's nothing to come to because we don't have the staff people there so yes uh, but what we would like for the community to, the need is to get the word into the community to get in strategic locations entry points to get the service provider to understand that 90% of their, of their clients problems are related to drug and alcohol Okay, whether it's directly or indirectly, whether it happened yesterday is currently happening or whether it happened in the past, many of the professional people have a tendency not to want to deal with the alcoholic. Many of them want to look at why you're an alcoholic rather than let's stop drinking and let's see if we can unravel some of the mess that we've made due to the use and abuse of alcohol. We find that it's not so important as to why I drink as to what I'm gonna do now to to, to stop. It's not just the physical act of drinking, it's also the thinking. The thoughts have to change, okay? People have to recognize that with drinking, when they stop drinking, they also have to change some thinking, okay? Because you can be miserable, you can be just as psychologically drunk without a drink, uh, without alcohol in your system, as you can with it in your system. So the importance of other programs, the importance of other service providers within the communities, the doctors, the lawyers, the, the ministers, the neighbors... To get involved and say, "Hey, friend, you're out of control, and you really, you know, I, I really don't like for you to drive your car across my lawn every every other day." Okay, that's the type of help that we need within our community. The recognition that alcoholism is affecting and killing us
1: as a black race of people. I would like to be involved with um, neighborhood clubs, street clubs. I'd like to be get into churches. I'd like for anybody listening to call me and invite me to your street club or to your usher board meeting or what have you. Uh, Any organization in the community uh, that feels they want me to come out and do a presentation, talk about alcoholism, tell you how you can become involved in uh, the alcoholic's life, um, call me because I certainly need uh, to be involved in the community however i mentioned at the very beginning that i happen to be the only uh... staff person in in my program hopefully um, if the state is very good to us we will be getting someone else to help but uh... I- i'm willing to to do as much as i can uh... with my fifty or sixty hour week and uh get into the community, so call me and, and let me know that you want me.
0: Okay, let's say someone comes to Orca House and says, hey, I have a problem, I need help. What happens to him? Well, we like to think that the first thing to hit with is a home environment, a home-like environment.
2: We think we like to think that one of the first things they hit is they, they sense is that there's there's a, di- a different atmosphere here. There is love. There's, uh, there are people who seem to be sharing and caring with one another. It's a dry environment. One which says that uh, I can't come if I'm not drinking. That's, that's 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 told to them. The other part of it is that someone would sit down with them. And nine times out of ten, whether it's a volunteer, a staff person, they will tell them what happened to them and how they were able to sober up and how they're able to cope with life without mood-altering substances. There may be some paperwork, certainly. Okay, uh, some information, but it's we don't really get into who, who were you born to, where did you live, how much money you got. It's what is your problem? If it's alcohol, let's let's sit down and talk about it. Let's see what we can do about it. If it's for residential care uh, and they're they, they, and they're drinking, then we try to get them into the pro- the appropriate entry point, which would be a detox center. Okay. Hey, if that's not possible, then we'll work and try to do it some other way. We may try to involve them in, in, in the AA uh, uh, program. We will ask someone to uh, that we know that's a volunteer for us. to introduce the person to the alcoholics, alcoholics Anonymous. Or we may say, well, you come here every day and join in our daily activity, our group therapy sessions, our single uh, one-on-one counseling sessions, and all of our people are qualified to do and talk about that thing called alcohol and the devastating effects effects and how good recovery can be and really how easy it is. It's the initial pain that most people don't want to go through. The pain of what am I going to do if I stop drinking? How am I going to have fun? The thing that I find now is that I have a tremendous amount of fun in my own personal life. I can do anything I want to do. And I don't have to worry about uh, asking somebody to tell me what I did the night before. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, our show is uh, winding down. I wish I had more time to talk about this issue because it's a very important issue that really affects everybody in the uh, black community. Um, As a parting question, I guess, your work sounds very rewarding. You're smiling and uh, reflecting back on all the people you've helped. That must be a very good feeling. I don't think there's a greater reward than to see
2: someone come from, well resurrected, okay? Because for most alcoholics, if they're anything like me, they were dead, they were walking dead, but they are resurrected and they stand tall and they become their own person. That is important and that is one of the most rewarding uh, sites that you can ever get involved with. And to know that you had just a little bit of you is there. And just a little bit of
0: them is within you. In other words, you've grown just as much as they have. Well, on that note, I want to thank both of you, Beverly Bell and Jerry Johnson, for participating on today's uh, Black Viewpoint program. I'm sure we helped a lot of people just uh, doing the show. Glad to have you with us. Certainly glad you asked us to be here. And I wish you uh, continued success with both programs. Thank you.
7: If you're tired of outrageously expensive cell phone bills, come on over to Mint Mobile. Talk, text, and data plans just start at $15 a month. There are no contracts. Sign up, and Mint will send you a SIM card. Just insert it into your phone. You can even keep your old number.
0: So don't make your cell phone provider rich. Keep that money in your wallet. Go to krobcollection.com for details on Mint Mobile.
7: Today's hottest, most fashionable t-shirts are at Panoramic Lifestyle Clothing. Visit Store for quality, premium, pure cotton streetwear that's pre-shrunk for men, women, and children in all sizes with wide-ranging designs. All shirts are double-stitched at the seams, shoulder, sleeve, collar, and waist for durability and the perfect fit. Order today at Store or Panoramic Lifestyle Clothing on Instagram.